Hey y'all, Pastor Amel here with another episode of Sweet Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet. Fridays are sweet, but Good Friday is sweeter. Special Holy Week edition. We are uh, celebrating Holy Week this week. Uh, Today is Holy Thursday, 2021, Maundy Thursday, 2021. Uh, Two names for kind of the same holiday. Tomorrow's Good Friday. Uh, and then we have Easter Sunday coming up this week. And uh, I just had some things I was thinking about, and I thought maybe uh, it might be helpful if uh, I shared that. So uh, we're going to take a look at a couple of things here that uh, I came across. Uh, I think it was probably during seminary when it really clicked, I guess, for me, when when this sort of realization happened. Uh, and, and I want to share it with you because I want to give you an opportunity, give you a reason to dig in a little bit more this Holy Week than maybe you have before. Maybe you haven't really spent a lot of time going to church uh, on Thursday or Friday. Some churches do things on Saturday, too, for kind of an Easter vigil. And uh, maybe you just sort of show up on Sunday and and you skip all of the uh, extra stuff during the course of the week. And I know life is crazy and it's busy and the world doesn't always make it easy for us to do this, but uh, I'm going to give you some reasons to at least give it a shot. And and with the way that technology is uh, enabling us to be a part of Holy Week and be a part of worship in general uh, in this digital age, even if we can't be physically present, uh, I want to encourage you to at least be a part of it that way. So maybe you don't get to do it on Thursday at 7 o'clock like we're going to do here at Open Arms on Thursday uh, tonight. Uh, Maybe you can't be here tomorrow night at 7 p.m., but maybe you got some time at 9 p.m. Maybe you got some time at 11. Maybe you got some time in the morning on Saturday. Uh, Whatever it is that you have available, there are a lot of resources to take this week seriously to to make it an important part of your personal devotion, your personal spirituality. And uh, again, here's here's reason to do just that. We all kind of, I mean, even if you're not a Christian, you probably know John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Well, there's a couple of verses right before that that I think are as important, uh, let's put it that way. I don't know if it's more important. John three three sixteen. Any verse of the Bible that can become that widely known is probably pretty important. But but these are pretty important too. It says right before that, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. Now. The uh, interesting thing, or I guess maybe one of the reasons why John 3.16 is far more popular <laughs> than John 3.14 and 15 is because nobody knows what in the world this bronze serpent thing is all about. And so why would you have a verse like that? How could it uh, actually become uh, popular? How could uh, th- this verse become something that would be so widely known? Well, uh, you got to do a little digging. You got to check a little bit more into the context and figure out what's really going on here. Uh, And so if we do that, there is a passage in Numbers chapter 21. This is in the Old Testament. 
and there's a section here about a bronze serpent. In fact, in my Bible, it says right above verse 4, it's got a, a little heading to this section that says the bronze serpent. I'm going to read that to you. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole, and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. So, looking at the bronze serpent and and finding life, right? Uh, <laughs> the story's kind of crazy, but it's one of those stories that, you know, makes me go, you couldn't make this up. <laughs> you just couldn't make this up. There's no way anyone would make this story up. Uh, but it's instructive. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And And what's happening in that bronze serpent story? What's happening is, God's people have been bad, right? They're complaining. It says, uh, we have no food, we have no water, and we really hate the food that you gave us. Wait a second. So there's no food and there's no water, but you hate what what I gave you, right? So this sort of just um, incessant belligerence, uh, unthankfulness, uh, ingratitude, just uh, insatiable desires for something else that, other than what God has actually provided. And and so God sends judgment on them, and it's these serpents that come and are biting them, and, and when they get bitten, they're dying. But then they cry out to God. They recognize the error of their ways, and God sends them a way to be saved. But the interesting thing about this is that the way to be saved is, is to look at something that represents the consequences of their sin. So in other words, they have to look at the bronze serpent to be saved. They have to look at the serpents that God sent because they were bad to be saved. When I look at the John passage here, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. It says believes, right? It's, it's, it's look, it's believes. But the interesting thing, especially in John's gospel, is uh, if I remember this correctly, believing and seeing are intimately connected for John. And so there are people that see physically, and yet they don't believe. They, they can't see. They're blind, 
In fact, Jesus, I think it's in maybe John chapter 9, maybe John chapter 5, maybe both, where there are these uh, religious leaders, the, the scribes, the Pharisees, the chief priests, the elders, you know, they are out to get Jesus and they can see, but they don't see. And I think Jesus even says something about that being blind at some point, even though they can physically see. And then there are these people that are physically blind and they become able to see at various points because of what Jesus does. But not only are they able to see, but they see in part because they believe. And so when I read this passage in John chapter 3, it makes me think that what Jesus is saying is not just believing, but that it's also connected to seeing. Are we like the Israelites wandering around and and complaining and finding themselves in this tricky situation under the judgment of God are willing to look at the consequences of our sin? Are we willing to take it all in, to own it, to see what our sin has done in order to receive the provision that God has given to be saved? Uh, that, that's really what I think is going on here. And Good Friday in particular, but Holy Week, is a time when we are given an opportunity to not just say, oh yeah, I, I believe in Jesus and, and I like what he's done for me and, and he's my Lord, my Savior. But are we able to actually take the time to look at Jesus? Can we watch as he is betrayed, as he is rejected time and again, as he is abandoned by those closest to him, as he experiences incredible physical pain, as he's beaten within an inch of his life, as he is mocked and, and you know, loses his clothes and, and finds himself carrying a cross, are able to watch as they drive the nails into his hands and feet? Are we able to watch as he endures what we deserve, hell, as God the Father withdraws himself from God the Son, as that relationship that has existed from before time began that is far more intimate than any relationship we have ever had, as that relationship is broken, albeit momentarily, and Jesus experiences hell in our place and shows us just how agonizing it is to have life without God, that life without God is no life at all. Are we able to watch? Are we able to admit that that is what we deserve? I think that that is absolutely 100% necessary for a life of faith, for salvation. It's not just checking a box and saying, I agree with a set of propositions. It's not just saying that uh, I think this group is correct and I want to be a part of this club. It's about being able to look at Jesus, to see what our sin has done, to own it as something that we deserved and to 
rejoice in the fact that God willingly gave Jesus so that he would endure it in our place. I think you will be blessed if you slow down and if you dig in to Holy Week. I think you will find that as much as it may move you, as much as it may scare you to consider just (laughs) how lost we really were apart from Jesus, it it may move you to tears. It may make you feel uncomfortable. It, It may change the way you view life. It may make you rethink some of the things you do and don't do. But again, a life without God, a life without Jesus is no life at all. It's a life that is in need of something that you will be searching for in all kinds of other things, whether you realize it or not. So I encourage you, all of you, Christian, non-Christian, anybody that's listening, anybody that is willing to spend some time looking at the bronze serpent, at Jesus, as he is lifted up this week and seeing it and in seeing that you might believe more deeply than you ever have before and that you will be ready to truly and fully celebrate Easter and the victory of Easter in a way you never have before. God bless you. Great to be with you. Hope this is helpful and I hope to see some of you around this holy week. God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye.